not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Welcome to the view from the ninny and sponsored by Terrace Badger Terrace Badger started in 2022 and they create great custom design t-shirts Based on football clubs and songs sung on terraces We're proud to partner with a locally run business And you can get 15% off at terracebadger.com with the code VFTN15. It's Groundhog Day here at View from the Ninian as we're back for another episode where we talk through the absolutely dreadful life and times of Cardiff City Football Club. But joining Tom Phillips and myself this week is a new signing on loan as Ben Price is on holiday. He's a familiar face, friend of the pod. It's Ryan March. Ryan, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. I feel like I'm playing the, the sorry cabaret. Um The manager didn't <laughs> really want him no one knows who actually wants him but, but they think he's going to be decent anyway so listen um, we've had good that's reports my role tonight yeah that's good thank you um we've had but, good reports yeah. yeah the recruitment team have done their job so yeah you're, you're a welcome addition at this late stage in the season thank you desperate no signing but a good signing <laughs> yeah nonetheless and tom um I, don't know, I guess you're who are you you're jack simpson yeah, it's just all got a bit stale for me, isn't it? That's why we've got <laughs> yeah. replacements coming in. Yeah, so, Motomba, uh, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm sure it's going to be ruined by the next hour, but I'm okay at the moment. Yeah, um, look, I was trying to save us from ourselves with this one. I, I, I'd missed the Luton game off the agenda, but Tom insisted on popping it on. And it's funny, really, because I went to the game, but it was so forgettable and so bad that I don't really want to talk about it. Um, but we'll start there because we have to. Um, Ryan, I've the first word I put under Luton game was shit. Um, do, do you agree? Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it's copy and paste, isn't it? I feel like yeah. you could copy and paste any of your, the last few podcasts and probably future podcasts in this position. You know, we, we're not getting battered anywhere, which is maybe frustrating. We have a glimmer of hope in this game. They missed the penalty mm-hmm. and then they score. And where we're at at the moment is when we concede a goal, it's essentially game over because... Yeah. Confidence is completely with just a team shot of confidence that we're not going to get back in a game. Um, and it was always going to be difficult because of the turnaround with the new manager and the squad. And you know, I don't even, I, it was the game was a short notice, but probably a little bit harsh to squeeze it in the calendar there, considering it was only called off what 10 days before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just same old, same old as what I've sort of come to expect now. Um, Tom, I think the, the the thing that punctuated the Luton game really was a bad defensive performance. Um, you know, there's there's players who who have been highlighted. Jack Simpson, I think, you know, I, I feel sorry for him because he's playing left back. He's not a left back. He's completely exposed because Harris gives him no coverage. Kipre, I don't really know what's going on with him. Ng, I've got his shit house gone wrong. He seems one to want to wind people up, but he isn't very good at it, and they get in his face. Um, what's gone wrong with our defense? I don't know. It's weird, though, because we're only conceding, like, one goal a game. But that goal is always from, like, an error mm-hmm. where we look solid for, like, most of the game. And then we just completely switch off. It's great that we got McGuinness back. I think he looked really he was, good. I, I would say I didn't mention his name there because he was really good against Luton. Every header he won, every time he could clear the ball, he did. He was solid. He was the, the, the exception that proves the rule in that back four. Yeah, we're just shot the confidence though, aren't we? Like if we don't we haven't won since November the fifth. Mm. So it's not surprising. Like it's it's February. That, that that's yeah. absolute madness. Like and yeah, like you said, NG, who was 
been fairly solid all year. Look, doesn't look the same player. Keith Bray, you can see why West Brom fans got frustrated with him. You know, he's, he has got a mistake in him, and they all seem to be happening at once at the moment. But Jack Simpson, like, he's getting a lot of abuse on Twitter. And like you said, I feel sorry for him. You know, when he was brought into the club, he hadn't played a lot of football elsewhere. He felt like a good squad signing, better depth. But he shows us just someone you can't rely on on a regular basis because he's just not good enough, really, is he? No, and I think we'll talk more about him during the whole game because their goal came from from his side as well. Um, Ryan, we did save a penalty against Luton. You know, there's question marks over it was whether it was a penalty. Keeper has got away with other ones earlier in the season, so it probably balances out. But for a moment, a save penalty, it felt like it was going to give us something to build on. Yeah, and like I said, it's sort of just been the general narrative of our games in the last in the last month or two, where we've had that moment and then we've just gone on shit ourselves elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's yeah, it's just really frustrating because I think even when we do get a win, which I'm, I'd like to think in the next sixteen games we're gonna get at least one. You know, it'll give people hope, and I and I'm just worried that we we'll just shit ourselves immediately after. And you know, these games are like mini, um, you know, like a mini version of our season in general, where it's like. We start well, we look all right, okay, we're keeping the ball nicely, and then boom, we have a we miss a penalty or we save a penalty, and then we shut ourselves and we lose one nil. Um and I just feel like that is the common thread. Like I said earlier, we're not getting battered. Um, but and, and the thing is we're not conceding great goals either. Like if you're yeah. losing one nil to someone slamming the ball in from 25 yards out, or you know, a team making 30 passes and, and tapping it in. You can sort of forgive that, but we're we're like our own worst enemy at the moment. And if you do have a defensive rick in you, which we do, then a lot of teams will be able to sort of get themselves out of that shit by being decent up front. And we've that is exactly what we're not at the moment <laughs> is decent up front. Um, you know, the only goals I can even remember scoring recently are two consolation goals against Leeds. Um, one of which was a you know, and maybe they're the sort of team I'm. One of which was a penalty, yeah, which isn't a given anymore, yeah. obviously. Um, but you know, and maybe, maybe Leeds are the sort of team I'm talking about. Sometimes they can get themselves out of shit at the back by scoring goals, and we just don't have that in us. And I just don't see that changing, regardless of manager at the moment. Um, you know, something needs to drastically change, and mm. I don't know what it is anymore. Um, you know, it's been talked about and talked about. I just don't really know how it's fixed. Yeah, what, what I will say about the Luton game uh, at the end of the game was that there seemed to be a bit of fight from the players. Um, I don't know if it, it, it was shown anywhere else, but there was a bit of argy-bargy after the game. Um, NG, I don't know what he did to wind up, but when they scored, two or three of the players ran over to celebrate in his face. Um, which and, and NG, you know, I thought he was a bit of a hard lad. He absolutely flapped it. Um, he went to shit after that and he didn't want to be on the ball at all. Um, but at the end of the game, I think Clinton Morris threw the ball at someone. Mark McGuinness really wanted to go and have a fight with someone. So that was quite nice to see. And hopefully we can take that fight into the next game, I thought. And then the next game, of I, course. See, I, yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think we, we, we lack effort and we lack fights. No. I, I don't think we can... I think previous part of teams have lacked that and we can sort of label that at other teams. I don't think you're going to label it at this team. I just think we lack massive quality. I mean, hopefully it'll change under the new manager. Jury's out at the moment. It's still very early days for him. Um, But yeah, I, I don't think you can, you know, that is one thing you can't level against this team is the lack of fight and a lack of effort. Um, yeah. 
but unfortunately, the quality isn't there, and that's what's killing us at the moment. Yeah, and, and, and Tom, we can talk about the whole game now. Um, I took a look at the stats. Um, we had an XG yesterday of 1.64, uh, which was more than Hull. Um, but we came away with no goals. Um, you know, I think it's only one goal in the last seven games, as, as we talked about off the pod. Um, obviously, we'll talk about Robinson's penalty miss in more detail. But to, to Ryan's point, we've lacked the quality up front. and We just can't score goals, can we? We can't make chances and we can't score goals. Yeah, it's not even like we're fluffing our lines, really, but obviously apart from the penalty. But like we're not creating anything. We've no. got zero spark. And teams know what to do now. You know, you can just let us have the ball around the box because we're going to create absolutely nothing. And that, the problem is we're just boring. It's it's like, it's not even like, yeah, we're putting a bit of fight in and stuff. But it didn't, I, I can't remember the last game I enjoyed watching with Cardiff. Like we're creating absolutely fuck all week on week. One goal in seven. Like, that's absolutely pathetic. Was it 21 goals all year? And we're yeah. in the past, you know, we've had seasons before where we haven't had an out and out striker scoring loads and loads of goals for us. Well, yeah. But then we had goals coming from the back. But we've scored one header all year. Like, we, we, we're we just not the team we used to be. Um, and it's, it's just so, so poor to watch. And it's really, really hard to get up for it. And I'm just kind of sick of it now. Robinson's not, you can see why he. He's been let go from where he was before, like a West Brom and stuff, because he there's a lot of running, but with very, very little end product. And he yeah. has scored the odd goal for us, and he, he was our only spark for a while. But you can see that he's running out of ideas now as well. And he's shown frustration after games, you know, storming down tunnels and stuff like that. And we look like we're a lost cause. And just the lack of goals is is just... It's mind-blowing how poor we've been in front of goal this year. That 1.64 is only because we had a penalty. Yeah, Otherwise, be below one again, yeah. and you know we we deserve we deserve nothing from that whole game, absolutely nothing. Um, Ryan, let's talk about that penalty. Um, I think it's his second penalty miss. Obviously, he missed the one at Huddersfield where he did his no look penalty. Um, there's a lot of debate about the penalty on Twitter. Um, some people put it down to a lack of power in the penalty. Some people put it down to bad technique for slow run-ups, whatever it was. But I saw a lot of people also say that it was a good save by the keeper. Where do you stand on that? It wasn't the hardest penalty, but Ingram did make a good save. Yeah, somewhere in the middle, definitely. Um, it's sort of one of my more uh, traditional views in football that I'd like to see strikers just, or whoever's taking the penalty, just smash it as hard as they can and at the goal. Um, I'm not a fan of all the sort of the stuttering run-ups. I don't really know how much edge it gives you. But you know, if the keeper does go the wrong way, which, you know, it's 50-50 chance of that happening, it looks like a nice penalty and you'd be like, you took that really well. That was, you know, really coolly taken, but the keeper did go the right way and it was a good save. But Robinson probably could have done better. You know, I just, it was one of those things as soon as I saw the notification come through that we had a penalty. I just thought, I guess you text my mate straight away and it said, we're going to miss this penalty. <laughs> and then about a minute later, the notification come through that we had and I was like, great, here we go. It's just, I just think that's where we are now. The confidence is just completely and utterly on the floor, and we need a miracle. We need something like we need something like a penalty to go our way or something. That's yeah. what we need. We need the rub of the green to try and somehow turn this around and get some sort of momentum going. Um, but at the moment, we just, you know, even getting, you know, it, it was a bit of a soft penalty, maybe. I don't know. I, I think it probably was a penalty, but. You know, it wasn't like we were pushing them and pushing them and, and we got it was sort of a you know, out of the blue and yeah. 
I you can't really blame Robinson. He probably could have done better, but it's a good save. I'm not gonna hold that one against him. It it was better than the Huddersfield penalty, that's for sure, because that was a bad penalty. And that's that's all we can hope for. The problem with the penalty like that is if you're gonna do these stuttering run ups and stuff, he's not even looking at the goal when he's doing it. The keeper's gone early. The keeper's mm. gone that mm. side. It looks telegraphed where he's going, and he hasn't changed anything. He's still gone that same way because he hasn't been able to adjust because it looks like he's looking away from the goal. And it, it just, perhaps I'm overanalyzing it a bit, and it was a good save, but I just, he doesn't seem like a penalty taker to me. He doesn't seem to have that confidence about him. You know, he's not convincing at all, but it was a good save. I think it's a really poor penalty, to be honest. Out of interest, Tom, who would you have over penalties? Because I wouldn't have a clue. No, that's the point, doesn't it? There's no, there's no obvious taker there. Like you know, I'm not a big fan of Joe Rawls on, on yeah, the spot. He was the only one I could think of. But I mean, he's he's really on the pitch at the moment. Yeah. So who, who do you have over it? <laughs> he's good with his feet. He, he, yeah. Go full shill of it. Bring him up for penalties. Why not? Try something new. Add a bit of excitement to the game, anyway. Yeah, it would. I can't think of another player. Rolls is the first one that came to head because obviously he's taken penalties in the past, but you're right, he's never really on the pitch. Would you go somewhere like Wintle? Because Wintle seems to be on the pitch quite a lot and he think, looks like he could hit the ball hard, but I don't know what he's like in front of goal. And against Luton, he had the only chance, a, a, only real clear-cut chance, and he managed to fucking spank it so far wide it almost went out for a throw-in. <laughs> he was on his own. I still don't know how he did it. That's depressing, isn't it? It's really depressing. Um, Tom, on their goal... Um, I've written it down. It was a comedy of errors. I've watched it back a couple of times. I've watched it in real time. Um, there's about three or four opportunities for us to try and defend it. No one does defend it. Simpson does make a tackle, and he's a little bit unlucky that it kind of spools out away from his feet. He could have been stronger in the tackle. Then Keeper comes out and seems to hesitate. It just sums up our defensive performance, didn't it? In in one moment, really, that no one could deal with a very innocuous run from Cyrus Christie. Meek. Absolutely big. Like it, you know, the 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 tackle from Simpson is just hanging a leg out. There's no kind of yeah oomph behind it, for lack of a better word. There, like it's it's just meek, and it just sums us up. There's just oh, I don't know. Everything just seems so passive, and just I I don't know. There's no. I, th- I think Lamushi said we need to be stronger in both boxes, and I think he's right. There's we we we're not dominating teams, you know. And I know it's a bit simplistic to say we should be harder in tackles and stuff like that, but I think that's all it takes at times, you know. And it, and you know that builds momentum in the crowd in games as well. And if you you know, of course it does. Hard challenges, early doors and stuff. But we just don't seem to have that about us at the moment. We're just lacking a bit of bottle, a bit of character, and you know a bit of heart. And then that's why goals like that happen then because it's just everyone's standing off and everyone's scared to commit. And it's just a really, really poor goal to be given away against a very average player in Cyrus Christie, in my opinion. But the frustrating yeah. thing was Cyrus Christie done him, you know, not long before that as well, yeah. and was unlucky yeah. to to not score. And it was like the warning signs were there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, again, it just comes. I think it just all comes back to that lack of confidence and lack of direction and putting square pegs in round holes. And I think that's the case with Simpson. He's you know being played essentially out of position. I think he's probably built a career at a level slightly higher than he is because he's left-footed. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we signed him and it was, he's a left-footed centre-back. That's what I think the tweet probably said, something along them lines. Yeah. Um, And I've yet to see anything other, yet to see any other 
strengths to his game other than the fact he has a, a dominant left foot. And I, I don't think you can get by in the championship with just being left footed. No, my, my mate was born my mate is a Bournemouth fan and he said that he looked good for about five games and then completely disintegrated when he was at Bournemouth. And I feel like that could be summed up, you know, that's his career at Cardiff as well, isn't it? He looked all right in the first couple of games. Thought, oh, we've not got a bad player here, someone who can fill in, and then he's completely fallen apart in recent weeks. And I think, you know, the the reaction to the goal yesterday was quite ten. I think if you look at Sawyers in the middle, he immediately shouts over at them and immediately, you know, shows his anger at them. And I think you know, Simpson just—they all look like players bereft of confidence. And I think to your point, Ryan, earlier, that our confidence is completely on the floor, um, and it, it's coming through in all all elements of the game. Um, but Tom, one positive from yesterday's game: Suri Kaba came on. Um, we'll talk about um, Lamucci's comments about him in a minute. Um, but it's nice to see a new player. Yeah, that's what we're clutching to, isn't it? Nice to see one new player come on. One the field. new player who we don't even know if Lamucci wanted to sign. Yeah, hopefully, you know, he hasn't had all confidence zapped from him yet. He's only just turned up. So that's a positive. Perhaps he will give us a bit of a spark because, by God, we need it. But no, he looked looked decent. It's hard to judge in a game like that where I think Hull took their foot off the gas a little bit as well. Um, And we had a bit more of the ball. But yeah, we need something. We needed a new face in the house just to kind of stir it up a little bit and... Just if he scores a couple of goals, he'd become an instant hero because we're, we're crying out for one. Yeah. Um, Ryan, how much hope do you have for Kappa? Um, You know, he hasn't played properly since November. Um, he's got some good stats in some places, but this season he hasn't really set the world on fire or, or you know, however the season worked out over there. How, how good do you think he can be for us in a, in a, in a poor team? I mean, it's easy to look back at our track record of signing European strikers and be quite um, cautious about it, yeah. um, because it's not a good list when you when you reel them off. Um, and he just strikes me as someone who could join that list quite easily. I'm I'm really hoping proved wrong. He seems really keen. You know, I, I saw um, an interview he did yesterday, and looks really up for it. And I think he only came in the door on Friday. So, you know, and, and he looked pretty good when he came on and, and got involved. So hopefully there's, um, you know, reasons to be optimistic about it. Mm-hmm. But um, as um, as anything related to Cardiff City, anything um, that is, you can usually be optimistic about, it's usually absolutely smashed to bits within a few weeks. So uh, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> uh, yeah, your, your point about the European strikers, I immediately went back to... You and Raydan, who he signed, I think it's two thousand six potentially in the in the transfer window, um, who made two appearances for us off the bench and was never seen in the squad again after that. Um, so I'm hoping that Kaba has more than than him, but will we'll remain to be seen. Um, I think Tom, the next place to go is Lamucci. Um, you know, second game in charge. Um, I think it's unfair to judge him on what's happening on the pitch because we've been terrible all season. He's been there for two games. You know, how much can he actually impact? But there were some quite telling post-match comments um, posted by, I think it was the whole journalist, Baz Cooper, who said that Lamucci was first in the media suite after the game, proclaimed that we are in the shit and it's time to panic. Um, Is that the fairest assessment of the football club so far this year and the most honest thing we've heard from a manager in about 10 years? It does seem like he's trying to wash his hands with us already. Yeah. Anything that happens, not his fault. Um, and he's been here two games. But, you know, I've seen from Forest fans, they said he's always been honest 
in you know that's what you're going to get from him in press conferences. But I know hold hold the honesty back for a couple of weeks, maybe. <laughs> I'm going to say we're in the shit that it's time to panic. And then, but it's just it just highlights how worrying it is, right? He's just come in the door. It should be the honeymoon period of joining the club, but all exciting, and he's telling us to panic. And I am panicking now. So yeah, now he said <laughs> that he's got his gonna, wish. Going to lose my job. Yeah, but yeah. it's uh, it, God, that's worrying, isn't it? If he's been there two two games and he's already saying that, what? But what's that going to do to your dressing room? You know, as well, you, you've got to build up your squad. He's already said they're not good enough. In the, after one <laughs> press, after one game, and then he was in too late to do any recruitment anyway. And now we're saying we're in the shit that it's time to panic. It's really, really fantastic stuff, isn't it? I can't wait for the rest of the season. It it does make you wonder how much due diligence managers do before going into a job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, surely he would have looked at the situation and sort of thought, you know, was he a free agent at the time or was he working in the Middle East? I don't even know. I think he was a free um, agent. I think he has he been was, working was in the Middle East in the last couple yeah, of years. That's, that's where he went after Forrest. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, you look, you look at it, but but to be fair, there's moments, and I and I said this after the Millwall game, I tweeted that I think there's a basis of a good squad there. Um, I I have changed my mind on that a little bit, but I don't know. I think there is. I think there's good play, and I think you can see that with um, take Newcastle as a bad example, but it's an example. Um, <laughs> you know that was a team that was going down under a, a pretty bang average manager, probably below average manager in Steve Bruce. All it took was Eddie Howe and a, and a difference in coaching. And he got the best out of players who were playing badly. Mm. And I think I think footballers, and if you're a championship footballer, you would you're gen generally pretty good at football. You know? And I think probably in the top two percent of footballers. Think, yeah. And I and I think it just takes a manager sometimes and a good coach to get you to play that little bit better. And we haven't had that this season. Maybe Morrison was Getting there, I don't know. I think we can sort of forget about that and the what ifs about the Morrison regime. Um, but hopefully, yeah, as as time goes on, he can sort of get get his fingers in and sort of um, figure out a way to 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 make it work. But at the moment, he's got a hell of a job on his hands, and I think he's realizing that now. Yeah, and 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 Ryan, to that point, do you think you know? He, he again going back to to his, the, some of his comments before the game, he spoke about the the Cabba recruitment and talking about he has a head of recruitment and he trusts his head of recruitment. And he was talking about he hasn't met Cabba, he doesn't really know much about Cabba. He'll wait until he gets Cabba in the building to to kind of judge. Um, and and, and I think you know you said about the due diligence point. It's, it's do you think he's kind of regretting the move somewhat? He, the the club's in the shit, right? The club is. Mm. bottom half of the championship it's going to be a hard task anyway with everything that's head do you think he's got in the building and has kind of realized actually it's way worse than he could have ever imagined and now he's having a bit of buyer's remorse yeah i think so and um, i mean i don't know what it's like to work with dalman and true and tan on a daily basis it can't be fun <laughs> but then again you know he did work with a pretty um yeah pretty maverick owner at forest we're seeing now what he's doing, you know, buying more players than you can even register. Um, and I thought, that's when I thought he came and I thought, okay, maybe he can deal with these sort of like questionable yeah. owners. Um, but maybe it's just a bit too much for him. And like like all of us, Cardiff City will grind him down eventually. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And I think it's still, it's very, it's way too early to yeah. judge him on performances. Um, but I, it'll be interesting to see how 
the performances change, whether for for better or worse, over the next few months, and his his sort of personality and his the way he's talking in the media changes. Will it get worse? Maybe he leaves on it. I'm not sure, but it is worrying with a manager who's been your two games already, like you said, sort of making excuses for himself in a way, yeah. sort of going right. I know we're shit. You know, I'm not. I'm not gonna sugarcoated we are ra- rubbish so don't blame me we're already rubbish and it's going to be hard I, I don't know I, it's it is it's really worrying I'm just sort of praying that there are three teams worse than us in the league which hopefully is going to be the case because I think that's our best shot at the moment Um, Tom to, to Ryan's point around the squad and, and who Morrison signed in the summer is a bit of a, a left turn but it's kind of sparked a thought in my head Um, there's been a lot of debate on Twitter about the recruitment that was done in the summer the squad that Morrison compiled and whether it's a championship squad, a League One squad, whether it's any good at all. Um, I think there's some revision revisionism going on because the recruitment had to be done under some very strict circumstances. We had a strict wage budget. We had to replace a fuckload of high earners with a lot of low earners. Um, do you think it was bad recruitment or do you think this is just a result of bad management over the course of 30 games? I don't think it's bad recruitment as such. I think it's... It's bad ownership, isn't it? Like it, it, it's higher than that, right? We were yeah. bound by circumstance, and we needed to get seventeen players in, and we got seventeen players in. And I think Morrison and the recruitment team did a good job. We were sitting at the time and getting those people in, but even with bringing in seventeen players, we're still pretty light on the ground because we our squad was absolutely decimated. And then, you know, we were still lacking attacking options, even after making loads of signings. And then Robinson came in late. Atete was a bit of a panic one as well, it seems. That was quite late in the window. But, you know, we, I think we were all just quite excited to get new faces in. And, you know, I think we were hoping that there was quality there rather than knowing because there's mm-hmm. a lot of players we knew nothing about. Or, you know, we, we were hoping on play, that players would take it to the next level from where they'd been before. But in reality now, I think after watching them, I think we are lacking quality. I, you know, you can't go 30 games and only score 21 goals. You know, it's it's terrible. And that's not just the people up front. That's Like we said earlier on, there's nothing coming from midfield. And the problem is now, the, the one thing we did have was a solid defence. And now that's starting to break. So I think you've got to look at recruitment and say, like, I, I don't think it's bad recruitment. I think we did the best we can with. But I think you've just got to look at the club being an absolute shit show. That's that why we're in this circumstance. You can't, we've had, what, 12 mm-hmm. managers since Tanner's been at the club mm-hmm. now? That's just madness. Four of them this year. You have so many managers, you forget some of them manage this. Mm. And and it's just, that's not a way to run a club. And eventually that's going to bite you on the ass. We've had a couple of lucky promotions that have kept us going, but eventually it's going to bite us on the ass. And you can see it with our cousins down the road in Swansea, it'll eventually bite them on the ass as well. You know, and there's a lot of owners doing this, but I, I, we're a perfect example of how not to run a football club. And eventually that's going to affect how you play on the pitch and it's affecting us now. Um, this, this is a simple question, Ryan. Sabri Lamucci, we have a game on Saturday. He's got four, three days of training. I don't know how much his players train. Um, what does he need to do this week ahead of that game? What does he need to drill into the players? What can he do in such a short space of time? If I had the answers, I wouldn't be on this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd be earning a lot of money because, um, be it is, it's, it's the it's the magic answer that that. 12 managers have been looking for. Um, 
I don't know. I think I think it's I think we need to up the tempo going forward. There's not enough urgency. I don't think you can play Ojo and Philogene um together because i just think it's sort of they're, they're too similar um mm-hmm. i've described philogene in the past as all fart no poo um <laughs> and i think that sort of sums him up nicely um ojo i mean I, i've sort of got a bit of a vendetta against him i just i just don't rate him at all but i think one of them offers something different if you have the odowder on one side and the other on the other side but it's it's really worrying and going back to the squad thing when you look at the squad we assembled at the start of the season with who we had here, if we were to put our, our 11s in at the start of the season of what we thought our best 11 was, I reckon it would look completely different to what we've got now. We've been hamstrung yeah. by the fact that our best fullbacks are injured. Obviously, Collins a lot longer term, but Romeo has been really good. And because Collins has been injured... Um, O'Dowd has had to play out of position. Colwell, mm-hmm. we had high hopes for, and that hasn't really worked this season for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, I, I just think we just need to maybe change personnel a little bit and just take a few a gamble on a few people and just try and up the tempo a bit and just try and find that impetus to just get forward and and I don't know, it's hard because the more you get forward, the more shambles we are at the back and we can't afford to be any more shambles at the back than we already are at the moment. So, yeah, I'm sure Sabri is thinking long and hard about um, what comes next. Maybe it's writing his resignation letter if he's that fed up already. <laughs> um, we've all been there in jobs. We, we've realised they're terrible when you get into it. Um, Tom, you know, there's there's a word we're dancing around here, and I think we've kind of touched upon it already, but it's the R word, um, not resignation, relegation. They kind of rhyme. Um, you know, over the last couple of days, there's other teams around us have drawn, but the, the, the picture still, still remains the same. Teams below us have games in hand on us. Teams below us are not picking up form, but they've been getting better results when we've still been losing. Um, I was asked this on BBC Radio Wales on Friday, um, you know, do I think we can stay up? And I just nervously laughed and kind of tried to change the subject because I frankly don't. Uh, what's your view on it, Tom? Are we staying up? If you had to put, if I give you a tenner now, what are you putting it on? Uh, I think we're I think we're going down. Um, I I just don't see us getting out of this. You know, when you've got Lamucci saying, you know, we've got to win five six games, we've got sixteen cup finals. I don't see where those wins are coming from currently. Um, I, I yeah, I'm petrified now. I I like I think a few weeks ago I was like when we were on about relegation, said oh we you know we could sleepwalk into it, but I never actually thought we would go down. I thought we had enough there, but I don't think we do now. Um, we're, we're just not good enough. Um, we don't look like winning games. We we haven't deserved to win any games. It's not mm-hmm. like we've been hard done by in many games. We've just we've just not been good enough for months. And then I I, I always like keep an eye on like the odds just as a gauge, just to see if I'm over panicking a little bit. And we're nearly evens to go down now. We've absolutely yeah. plummeted in the odds. Um, and you you look at the table, you know, the team above us was at Rotherham. I think they're three points above us with a game in hand. Huddersfield are yep. now only two points behind us with two games in hand. Well, every um, team below us has two games in hand. And so if every team below us wins their games in hand, which obviously is a long ask, we go bottom. I, I genuinely think we're more likely to finish bottom than stay up at the moment. I, I just, if you, you can't name three teams who are worse than us in that league. 
and, and and that's the worry. And the amount of times I've gone onto Twitter after a game and I've seen the opposition fans going, they're the worst team we've had at the stadium this year. Uh, like it, it feels like it's every week. The Hull, Hull was saying the same thing. Like Hull didn't really turn up, and they still beat us. And yeah. teams don't have to turn up to beat us now. We are so so poor, and um, I, I it just feels inevitable. You know, we've got to play some of those teams around us. They they're massive massive games, but I I I really really do fear the worst at the moment. Ryan, do you agree? I definitely agree with Tom. Um, I think the old adage about when teams go up is like, oh, we played bad, badly, but we still got a result. I feel like we're the opposite of that now. Is we did all right, but we still lost. Um, mm. when when maybe these sort of these some of the games we've lost in recent weeks are the sort of games we might have got draws earlier in the season or last season, and we're not getting that now. And I think, you know, one goal. What was it? One goal in the last seven? I think you said yeah. earlier, Tom. It's, it's, it's the writing's on the wall, isn't it? And unless something drastically changes, and we had a chance to drastically change things in terms of personnel, and we haven't, um, whereas everyone else has, you know, say what you want about Mick McCarthy, he got us out of a bit of shit, but he's gone into Blackpool, made signings, questionable signings maybe to us, <laughs> but signings all the same, and that's the sort of thing that can spur you on um, for the rest of the season. And they'll get results under McCarthy. 100% they'll get results. Wigan, who knows? New manager, you never know. And Huddersfield, I think they've still got a bit of quality hanging around that club. You know, they were in the playoffs last season. Mm. They're not, they, you know, they could easily catch us. And I think we will get caught. And I think, again, going back to that confidence thing, we just don't have the fight and the confidence to get out of it. So, yeah, I'm working away at the moment and obviously meeting a lot of people. And one of the first things you tend to talk about um, is, you know, what football team you support. Um, and I don't know if anyone listens to Football Clichés podcast. Uh, they do the the For My Sins corner where um, mm-hmm. you, know, you have to guess when For My Sins is coming. Uh, I try my best to, to sort of get that out of my vocabulary, but that is very much, um, you know, always close to the tip of my tongue when I tell people I'm watching Cardiff. And when they ask, oh, how are Cardiff doing this season? I immediately say, oh, we're going down. And <laughs> I sort of would say that maybe two or three weeks ago to someone I I'd, I'd knew I'd meet. And it would be a bit in jest. But the more I'm saying it now, the more I mean it. Because we are going down at this rate. Um, there's no two ways about it. We, we're going down unless, you know, Sabi Lamucci finds the magic answer and the magic touch. Um, so yeah, please, Sabri, if you're listening, find it uh, for crying out loud. Tom, I'm looking looking at the bottom of the table. We've kind of touched upon it already. Um, every team below us has two games in hand. Rotherham have a game in hand ahead of us. Stoke, a game in hand. Um, everyone has games in hand on us, apart from QPR in 14th, by the looks of things. We're on 27 points. Oh, no, sorry, 29 points. Teams below us, 27 down to 25. Rotherham on 32. You know, when you look at the upcoming games Cardiff have, We've got Middlesbrough on Saturday, which we'll talk about in more detail later. Birmingham, Reading, Norwich, Bristol, Preston. A relatively formidable run of games. We still do have to play Rotherham, Blackpool and Huddersfield and Stoke between now and the end of the season. Where where does any turning point come for us? Does it come for us? Are we going to win the games we require? Is anything good going to happen to Cardiff City ever again? 
Well, look, you know, they'll run of fixtures, and I, I, I don't see where there's not a game you go that's a win. No, because we're we're poor at home this year as well. Like, ugh, the turning point would be getting a result against Borough at home. You know, we got a result away from home, and then sacked Morrison almost immediately after it, and that felt like a little bit of a turning point then. And then it kind of, well, it just it's all unraveled bed already. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think we need to get a winner home against a, t- a team that we don't expect a result from, just to kickstart a little bit of confidence. But at the mm-hmm. moment, it doesn't feel like we're going to get that. I'm, I'm, I'm. We haven't been battered by anyone really this year, but I am worried that the Borough game may be that first one. If they score early, I, I think we we're there for the taking, and that you could see three or four being put past us, and that's my worry now. As soon as we get that battering as well, it'll feel like the season will properly unravel. Um, and like going into those games, like you said, we still got to play like Rotherham, Blackpool, Huddersfield. You know, I, I'm I'm not confident going into any of those games. I'm going to get something out of them. I think the thing with Borough, they're on the they're on the opposite trajectory from us. Yeah. They've had a new manager and they're on the way up, and they're getting good results, and they're probably going to be in the playoffs or at least challenging around the playoffs. Um, I didn't realize they've got so yeah, third. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I think they beat Watford last week, didn't they? And it was yeah. third. Watford for third. They were fourth. Um. Yeah, it's really daunting that game. I'm just looking at the fixtures now, and like you said, nothing stands out as in like right. That's a game we need to win. Maybe Red in home in a few weeks' time, but even then, you know, Red in a handy enough. I mean, the game we could really do with winning is that Bristol City game at the start of March. In terms of yeah. winning, like like Tom said, getting a win against a team you don't expect, but adding it to it being a derby and the recent shambles derbies we've had. I would yeah. say the Swansea game is the same, but it's probably too late by the time the Swansea game comes around if we haven't picked up four by then. You know, if we can ride out the rest of this month and then go and beat Bristol City, you know, then we go to Preston, West Brom at home, difficult game, and then we go to Rotherham. By the end of March, by the time the international break comes around, we could be in a good position if we go and get like seven points between now and then. But that's asking a lot, isn't it? Especially based on recent derbies. Um, but that would be the one I'd pinpoint to say, if things are going to turn around, that's where we need to do it. Otherwise, it's going to be too late. So are you saying there's some hope? Oh, yeah, you've always got to have a bit of hope. That's what being a football <laughs> yeah. fan's all about. Well, I was you know, just saying... You've got to have but... a bit of hope. Well, <laughs> and then get your hope absolutely smashed to bits. <laughs> Otherwise, well, you know, that's what we do it for. I would say, despite all the all the negativity we've been talking about and all the the depression, I've literally, while we've been doing a podcast, bought my ticket for Norwich away because I just like <laughs> you just can't you can't you can't not can you? When the opportunity's there, you've got to do it. Um, I mean, and I think I, I think for... go on, Ben. Sorry. No, I was going to say you carry on. I was just going to move on to the next thing, but you go. I was I was going to say you know the way you're talking then we've all got an addiction and maybe instead of just gambling adverts, football should just say with when the fun stops, stop. Yeah, but I guess. <laughs> When when the fun stops, uh, I I mean I would have stopped a long time ago. I would have stopped after my about, first game. Yeah, I don't think about yeah. fun for a decade. Um, when well, was the the promotion year was good? Yeah, I was just say that Tom. That feels like the last good time to be a Cardiff fan, wasn't it? The promotion year. Yeah, like I don't mind when we're shit as well. I actually find that quite fun, but it's the fact we're a shambles. That that's where the enjoyment goes. Sometimes you go four 0 down, you have a great laugh in the crowd, but 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 it's not yeah. a one off now. It's just continuous shite. So the fun has gone. But yeah, I think the promotion season was probably the last time where 
it was actually fun to watch Cardiff play football. And, it, you know, and I was like really invested in the type of football we were playing. We were getting results against teams, grinding stuff out. But I haven't, I don't think I've enjoyed the product on the pitch for some time now. No, I'd probably say I, Dave Jones, the last time I truly enjoyed watching a Cardiff team. Like in terms of like, like you said, the product. I mean, yeah. I've, I've enjoyed watching Cardiff in that time, of course. Like I did enjoy the Malky years, again, tainted by the rebrand at the time, unfortunately. Um, and then, you know, that 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 promotion season under Warnock, we were unbelievable at times. I think the Villa game stands out to me at the start of that season. Yeah. It's like, yeah. that's, that's what I want Cardiff City to be. But I think week in, week out, for all his faults and for all the, the near misses, um, it was like it's the sort of like heartbreak you almost like enjoy as a football yeah. fan. Like I know what you mean. Obviously, at the time, missing out on the playoffs by a goal because you lost six nil at Preston, yeah. it's, it's bad. But but like now, it's like oh that was funny. Remember that year we lost by a goal because we went to Preston and lost six nil, and John Parkins got <laughs> a fucking hat trick, and we missed out on the playoffs. That's that's sort of what you're in football for. Not, oh, we lost 1-0 again, and then we lost 1-0 again, and then we missed a penalty and lost 1-0 again, and now we're in League One. That's not what, you know, we're in football for. What I will, what I will say is that season, I always remember that, you know, Eddie Johnson for that season, I love Eddie Johnson with my whole heart. That, that When he scored against Doncaster was the greatest moment, I think, ever at Ninian Park. The, the, I still watch that video now, and you can hear, like, <laughs> The crowd goes crazy as if he's just scored a winning goal in a cup final. But for all these, he did score an own goal that season in a 4 0 win. We were 4 0 up, and I think he scored an own goal to make it 4 1. And that goal. He scored, he scored, he scored the same night as well. He scored, yeah. he scored in both days. Yeah, yeah, Derby. So he scored, Derby he scored at the home. last. It was, it was midweek, the last, wasn't it? Yeah, the last goal under the floodlights in Indian Park. And he scored the last own goal <laughs> at Indian Park. So Eddie Johnson goes down in history for that. But that, that, I do know what you mean. And like, that season, the, the last season of Dave Jones, where we had Bellamy, Olafinjana, Whittingham, Chopra. I, I think I don't know if we had McCormack that season, but he was there definitely the season. I love Olafinjana for some reason. But it, at the, but at the why, back we had why did go up. I mean the reason we didn't go up that year was because everyone went out on the piss before the Middlesbrough game. Well, that's if you fun, listen, if you listen to the Jay Bothroy podcast, what does he say? He basically, he, you can go listen to it, listen to our interview with Jay Bothroyd. He basically said it wasn't as bad as the press made out. Uh, right. Okay. That all he said they weren't out that late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, but it's still, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Like, funny. It's the funny. Time, it very much isn't funny. But looking back, it's like, oh yeah, remember we missed out on, we should have gone up automatically that season, really. Yeah. Um, and then you know the Stephen Bywater calamity in the in the playoff against Reading. Oh. That's what I want from football. McNaughton running into Maybe Sean I'm, Massey. This is this is how, <laughs> yeah, this is how bad it's got that we're we're hoping for heartbreak. Um, <laughs> yeah, but funny heartbreak rather than just like dour really heartbreak, heartbreak. As we're having now. Yeah. Well, I think you know you talk about when the fun stops and all that kind of stuff. I think there's about forty people on Twitter who would like to be getting out of this, but they they've come along with us and they've given us a comment. For us to read out this week, I think it's one of the most replied to tweets we've had in a long time. Uh, a range of comments. So I'll start from the start. 
Uh, Nathan Davis, with Sabri being at the club for a few weeks now, seeing firsthand the full scale of the mess on and off the field and coming up with zingers like, we have to panic in his post-match analysis. Do you think he's underestimated the task at hand? If you're your own manager isn't confident in himself or about his players, even with a lot to play for still, then surely that will just add more unease into an already morale-bereft squad. Matt DiffMJ, after weeks of apathy at the performance and results yesterday, actually hit me with a, quite a bit of sadness. We played well and in the end just looked lost and did lose. It was very disheartening with Borough up next being a write-off. Tom, you kind of alluded to that earlier. It, it is just sad now, isn't it? Yeah, I think that looking lost is a very good way of putting it, actually. We're just completely devoid of any ideas and we don't know how to get back into games. And it's just, uh, it's, yeah, it's just awful, isn't it? <laughs> it really is awful. It is. It's really bad. Mike MJDO27 on Twitter. After the overhyped transfer window last summer, is it safe to say we let too much experience go and we lack leaders now? A window where we loaned out McGuinness and brought in Jack Simpson, who I'm actually convinced is an outfield Cal the Dragon and a social experiment. That's a bit unfair on Cal the Dragon. Um, Ryan, I think it's true, isn't it? Even though, you know, Aidan Flint was a bit hit and miss, he was a leader and he's gone to Sheffield Wednesday and is already settling in there, only on loan after going to Stoke. He's already having an impact two games in. Is that lack of leadership on the pitch something we're missing, especially when you have such a high rotation in the squad? We kept Rawls, but he doesn't play. Yeah, and and I I don't I've, I've never really seen Rawls as a leader. I've got quite a weird relationship with Joe Rawls for a player who's been at the club for so long. I don't really have that sort of affinity with him like I yeah. have had for other players. But if you think about, I think like you know the last great example of a good Cardiff side like we already touched on was the year we got promoted last. And if you think about the leaders in that team. It just goes to show how much of a lack of leadership we have now. You know, Morrison, Gunnison, Bamba, and then big personalities like Callum Patterson. Um, and I'm probably missing people out now, but like they they were players you can sort of get behind and ch- and and they get behind you and they feed on. And it just there was connection with some of them players. And at the moment, you know, they're all new players, and you know, I rate some of them. Some like Ryan Wintle, for example, who are still things really underrated. Um, it's been a while since that's been said on the podcast. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about Josh Murphy in a bit if but, you want. <laughs> but but like even 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 him, who I just don't feel like he's got any connection with the fans, and I think that mm-hmm. goes a long way. And I think I saw someone put on Twitter the other day about the players who came over at the end of the game in in Hull. I think it was like Odauda, Kaba, and someone else. Can't remember who. But but the rest of the players all walked off. And I know things are bad, and I know it it's hard, but trying to connect make that connection can just help help things along and just help the club in general and i think like we're lacking leadership and we're lacking characters and i think that's why people are turning on the team so easily because we're not as invested in the squad as we have been in other squads well we said it tom with mccarthy didn't we like mccarthy just didn't help himself when he was manager because he just didn't interact with the fans i think it was the fulham game away where he basically stood on the halfway line and didn't applaud us at the end of the game despite it being a tuesday night in london and you know a thousand cardiff fans had come up and that's in the end what did him did him down wasn't it yeah and i think it might bite sabri as well but the looks of it like he didn't do the ayatollah at luton on tuesday i will all oh, right okay but he didn't come over right at the end of the game no. Not really. No, and you know, you think he's just coming to the club. He hasn't even said hello to anyone yet, really. And he hasn't come over to the fans. And like you already saw grumblings on Twitter because of that. And that's just how it starts. You know, mm. it goes like it's Start chipping away at that. It goes such a long way, just a little wave or going over and like acknowledging that people have found out ten days before that this game was on and eight hundred odd fans have gone all the way to Luton. 
you know, it, that's all it takes is a little bit of recognition from him. And, you know, and it gives him a bit of a break then. And, and if, you know, the longer it goes on like that, the less the fans are going to buy in. And it does worry me that he, he doesn't see, I don't know, he doesn't see that as a good idea in his first game to go across and thank the fans. And I think it's a slippery slope from there. Because if we don't pick up results, we're going to turn on him pretty quick as well. Uh, Blue Army asks, why are our managers lined up so far off what the fans want to see? Defeat after defeat and our managers continue to pick underperforming players. Henry say, we have to pull the trigger on the best free agents available and we have to do that now. If you expect that, who do we go for? We should have done this a few weeks back. Uh, Tom, is there anyone in the free agent market you've got your eye on? I just had a look at I had a little look now on, on transfer market. Isco's available. He was quite good at Real Madrid. <laughs> Um, Didn't he go to Union it... Berlin? No, according to this, he's still on a free. Um, All oh, right. Um, well, Camaras has just gone there. to Real um, I'm having a look at players who, who have played in the championship recently. Danny Rose, Sammy Amiobi, uh, Tim Closer, who was at Bristol. Um, Sol Bamba's still listed as a free agent, so we've signed him, so that's one off the list. Um, Tommy, do, do we need to sign anyone? Do we need a left-back? We need to sign people, but not them. I think that's the, I think that's the worry, isn't it? I think we're not. We've missed the boat now. Transfer windows over. We've got to deal with the squad that we've got because I don't think there's free agents out there that'll do it. That are going to come to us as well. To be honest with you, I think they'd rather sit at home and not play football and play at our club at the moment. So I think we've just got to hope that it's a it's a Lamushi miracle rather than getting any more bodies in. Ryan, is there anyone you'd sign? Anyone that you know is on a free? Because I keep losing track as well. No, I, I don't think so. No one's, no, you know, people do the research on Twitter and I sort of rely on what people sort of give me when it comes to stuff like free agents. And I've not seen a single name and thought, you know what, they're going to make a difference. Yeah. You know, you said Danny Rose, you know, if we wanted to bring him in, probably be on high wages, terrible attitude, the last thing you need in a relegation mm-hmm. scrap. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I you know, I think we've got a ready-made left back in Joel Bagan. Say what you want about him, quality-wise. I just don't know why we just don't back him. Um, because I think he's had decent runs in the team. Yes, he isn't. You know, he isn't Lou Collins, but he's better. I'd rather be a left back at left back than a centre back at left back. Um, just because he's left-footed. Um, yeah, I I, I don't think unless Sabri Lemushi knows someone somewhere. That we none of us know yeah. about, um, but none of the names you know you've given me there or I've seen on Twitter have made me think. Yes, get him in. That's it's a no brainer. Uh, Joel Bagan could play in goals as well, so maybe that's why we're not playing him at left back. Um, <laughs> True. Anya Green. I grew up in Lincoln, but I've never been to Sinsel Bank. Looking forward to my first trip next trip next season, and we'll see Regan Paul, uh, Christopher Jeans. We've gone from only scoring goals from set pieces to not scoring any goals from set pieces, and therefore not scoring any goals at all. Why haven't we got a player who can take a corner or a free kick? Um, Ryan, to your point earlier about the penalty, you know, one of your most old fashioned opinions is a striker should just smash the ball. Um, one of my mm old-fashioned opinions is I think any player who can't beat the first man from a corner should be sacked. Um, why are we so bad at corners all of a sudden? It's it's straight. I, I, to be fair, I think I think corners in general are, are quite bad in football. I think we. Mm. I think I watched a video that Tifo put out. It was probably about a year or so ago um, about sort of the myth of corners and how I think only f- oh, I think four percent of go- mm. um, of corners result in goals or something mental like that. Um, 
I, yeah, I mean, I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't think we should expect too much from corners, and I think it's a, it's a general football problem. But it would be nice to just have someone who can whip a ball into the box. Uh, look, as an example, last year, um, Huddersfield had Sorbo Thomas, who yeah. was just fantastic at set pieces and or, and just gen- generally crossing the ball. Um, and he got a ton of assists and, and got them up the table. Um, you know, you hark back to some like Ryan Giles as well, great deliverer of the ball. Yeah. And we just don't have anyone like that in the team. Um, that not only a corner, but a deep free kick or even a cross. You know, I, I don't think we have any good crosses of the ball in the whole team. Maybe Callum O'Dowder at a push, but yeah. Um, we haven't got a dead ball specialist. We haven't had a dead ball specialist since Whittingham, really. Camarasa showed showed signs of it. Um, yeah, it's just another thing we lack, another department we lack in, isn't it? Uh, ben Thomas, at this point, I think it's obvious we've got a League One standard team. Club, club has been run so badly and recruitment is awful. Don't see the club moving in any positive direction until there's massive changes at board level. Destined to go down at this point, be a miracle to stay up. Matthew Hawkins sums it up nicely. We're just not very good, are we? James Roberts, honestly, I just feel sad rather than annoyed now. I think it's the impending doom of relegation setting in. Players' confidence is completely shot. Owner doesn't care. I mean, when do we start planning for League One? One for you, Tom. Any League One grounds you're looking forward to going to next year? Alex Strange asks. I think we've gone over this before. and I think I'm just, it's more realistic now. You might have done some more thinking about <laughs> That's it. That's true. I'm going to get the table up again. It, right, I'll, come back, the... I'll, I'll come back to you on this one, unless you want to... Okay. It generally just gets me excited. Like that's the only thing that gets me excited about dropping is that just selfishly I get to go to a new place. But let's have a look. Wickham, Oxford. I still want to go to Wickham. I still haven't yeah. been. Exeter, I've never been there. Yeah, nice. It's probably a nice day out. Cambridge as well. Burton, um, go to the Carling Brewery. I'm not going to Burton again. That's a bloody disaster of a place. <laughs> Portsmouth, um, yeah, Portsmouth. Portsmouth's a great day out. Yeah, great day out in Portsmouth. Uh, Bristol Rovers, yeah. better than going to yeah. Bristol nice. City. Yeah, always nice to have a derby. Yeah. Yeah. Plymouth are going up for the looks of it because I'm yeah. quite like to go in there. Late Orient are probably going to come up. Never been there. Always fancied Ooh. that. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty close to my and, house. Uh, Steve Evans, Stevenage. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, and Wrexham in a couple of years as well. Yeah, oh, they'll bypass us probably. We'll drop as they go up, and we won't get to play them. Um, Finley Jones, it's so confusing because we aren't playing badly, not playing great either. But if you can't score and go one 0 down, you're going to lose. Longshank says, "Can people stop going on about out of contract lists on transfer market?" Oh, I should have read this earlier. And clamoring <laughs> for players like Danny Rose, <laughs> he hasn't played for twelve months and he's disrupting. He's hardly going to help the situation. <laughs> Uh, Will Davis, do any of our players know how to cross the ball? Adam Tibbs, for some reason, I've just booked a weekend in Norwich for the end of the month. Have any of you ever been? Any suggestions for things to take my mind off the seemingly inevitable pumping Cardiff will get on the day? I've booked the same, Adam. I've never been, but I know they make a lot of mustard there, so maybe we can just go eat mustard and burn our little faces off. Oliver Reese, I, I think we're under... Go on. I think I'm on a delay, but anyway, I went to a um, dreadful nightclub in Norwich after we drew nil-nil against them in the Premier oh, League. What was it called? Chicago Rock. Yes. <laughs> I, have, I have never seen a nightclub with such a range of demographic. So, like, I went with, like, a few of my dad's mates and a few of their sons. So there was, you know, everyone from 18 to, like, 60 there. But there was 
also a nightclub full of 18 to 60 year olds you know usually you go somewhere and it's usually one or the other it was absolutely mental so adam tibbs chicago rock it's on the main street of norwich uh, their equivalent of st mary street or whatever you it's want to gone say. it's um, gone it's now called bar and beyond no. um oh. but do you know what road it's on it's on the prince of wales road oh well smash it up <laughs> <laughs> um ae pulley 1987 says will we be down by easter Oh, probably Oliver Reese says, I think we underestimated losing leaders like Flint Morrison, etc. Last summer when doing the rebuild, no one is taking this team by the balls, and you can really see the lack of leadership, struggling to see three worst teams in us now. Uh, this one's for you, Tom. The common bluebird, what are you having for tea today? I was thinking of a roast, but the sun's come out, so I might whack some pizzas on the uni. What did you have for tea, Tom? I've still yet to eat. Uh, I've got some oh. leftover pizza express from lunch, uh, so that's that, that sounds quite depressing, actually. I was quite excited to say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I'm having. <laughs> uh, Ryan, what have you had for tea? Uh, I went for a curry by myself. Ah, <laughs> um, oh, it's all good. Um, yeah, I ordered too much, as one tends to do in an Indian. If anyone would have seen me, uh, I would have looked absolutely horrific with uh, just like sort of like a semicircle of food around me, and just <laughs> me sat on the table. Um, uh, but it was my, all right. It was fine. My, my tea was quite depressing. I had mozzarella sticks in a Mars bar. Um, <laughs> so um, I'm starving. Uh, Alex, I'm looking forward to seeing your sprinting stats, uh, Ben. On uh, five aside after your mozzarella sticks and Mars bars. <laughs> I am playing tomorrow, but I've started playing in goals because you haven't got a keeper at the moment. Um, so I, I sprint nowhere. Was <laughs> that because you're having mozzarella sticks and Mars bars? Yeah. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Uh, Alan Griffiths, we lost two nil-nil games, one nil, past two games, and yesterday I don't think we deserved the loss. I thought we looked better last night and didn't deserve to lose, but we need to start turning those games into points and saying instead of saying we didn't deserve to lose. K49745, decline of Colwell is crazy. I think we overhyped him too much. Could alone be beneficial to him as he seems to be struggling with the spe speed and physicality of the championship. Uh, Scholar Poe, everyone below us has two games in hand. We're not getting out of this. We're going down, but I see that as a blessing as the size. A chance to reset and come back stronger. Sam Hill, same in week in, week out at the moment. Think we're solid enough in defence, but don't score goals. Most toothless card I've, I've seen in a long time. No experience, wrong decision-making and poor finishing costing us. Hoping Sabri can work it out. Brandon Arthur, will Wrexham be in a higher league than us in four years' time? I think yes. he, they will. Connor Davis, Colwell, all the hype. There is there still potential. For me, he's overhyped and Isaac is the better prospect. Tom, what do you think of the Colwell discourse at the moment? I get where it's coming from. I, I don't think he's overhyped, right? Because... There's managers who are saying there's quality in him. He doesn't. You don't get into a Wales World Cup squad if you're poor, you know. And you know, Rob Page was saying the other day, it's great to see him get a bit more game time at Cardiff. There's clearly a player in there that managers yeah. like. He's clearly got quality about him. What does when you're in a situation like this? It's not the way to nurture talent, is it? When you're constantly losing games and throwing on a talent like that with 20 minutes to go and go sort this out. No one else is doing it. You know, you're not going to get the best of a player like that. I am a little bit worried nothing will come of it and it might fizzle out. But I don't think that's Colwell's fault. We probably just kill any talent that he's got um, with just the way we play, the way the club is run. And from from a Cardiff point of view, I'd love to see him kick on. But from a, if it was purely on a Wales point of view, I'd want him to leave Cardiff. If I'm a Welsh fan looking at Colwell at, at Cardiff, I, I'd be wanting him to get as far away from the club as possible because there's, there's clearly a player there and we're not getting the best out of him in the current situation. Ryan, you agree? You're nodding your head. So, yeah, totally agree. I'm a big Colwell fan, a big Colwell apologist. He gave me my favourite moment of last season, scoring the winner in uh, in QPR. Oh, I just yeah. think he's been he's been managed terribly. Um, mm -hmm. 
he's obviously had um, sort of injury issues this season from growth spurts or, or whatever has been said. And I just think he's been, yeah, he's just been handled really badly. And again, I think that comes down to the lack of, um, uh, what's the word, um, consistency within yeah. the management's team and the, and the coaching staff. You know, if you if you keep ha- and maybe it's probably a case that I know the, the 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 medical team doesn't change with the manager necessarily, but it, you know if if each manager sort of going in and he's not fit, and then all of a sudden he falls down your peck in order. Like for Lamucci now, why will he pick him if he's not fit? So because he, he needs results now, we haven't got time to bed players in anymore. Mm. I think that's the annoying thing is if we were gonna if we were gonna start playing and Davis is different because he has had like a proper long term injury. If we were going to bed Colwell in, which we started to do last year, we had to do it at the start of the season when you can get away with it. But now we can't just we can't take risks on players. But then again, he's a sort of player we're missing who can magic something out of nothing and score a free kick or you know those two goals he scored in in Forest last year. Yeah. Um, I'm sort of holding on to that. And like you said, Tom. Wales wouldn't keep consistently picking him regardless of his club form. You know, he shouldn't have gone to the World Cup based on what he'd done for Cardiff. If you were picking him purely based on that, he shouldn't have. But they clearly should see him as a talent. He was one of the, you know, I, we, Wales probably only used about 16 players in the whole tournament. And he was one of them. He, he got brought off the bench. And Paige, even in his interview he did with Scorio the other day, he mentioned Colwell as well. So I think Wales really rate him, and like you said, I think if he if for the the best thing for his future probably is away from Cardiff, unless we're going to sort of build a team around him. Um, but that's probably too much of a gamble at this stage. But maybe a gamble that's worth taking because you know what's the alternative? We go down anyway, but at least we may go down fighting, and we can sell him for six million at the end of the season and and build a good squad for next season. Who knows? I'm going to rattle through the rest of these uh, Twitter questions and Twitter comments. John Walsh, time to start thinking about the reality of playing in League One next season. Does anyone know the extent of the disaster it would be? Would we even survive as a club? Would Tan sell up? Who would buy us? What are the financial realities? I think the long and short of it is we'd be fucked. Stephen Williams, it doesn't look too clever, does it? We've played two more games than the teams below us and still have to go to Burnley and Sheffield United. In effect, a four-game handicap. I just don't see how we're going to do it. Any prediction for final number of goals scored? I think we're going to end up on 19 goals. We're going to lose two goals somehow because we're a fucking basket case of a club. Uh, Bowen, we've got no transition players. We've got no players that run at people confidently, bar Dowda. I don't see anything but relegation, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I think this group of players would even struggle in that league, to be completely honest. Philip Moss, big crowd needed on Saturday to get behind the team. All our stats was up yesterday, though. Definitely need a left back or play five at the back. Go for a draw, maybe get a 1-0. Adam Matthew, I hope that next season's game against Cheltenham will be a late kickoff on the same day as the horses. Savigma says Wintel is shocking. Tom, that's the difference of being Wintel underrated, and he's now bad. <laughs> yeah, he, he hasn't been as good as he was in the early part of the season, but no one has. Um, and it's eventually going to catch up with you, isn't it? I think he's he's better than us, uh, and we're bringing him down to our level at the moment. Um, but yeah, he's he definitely not the player we were seeing in the, the first few months of the season. Ricky Morgan says, are we the most boring side in the entire EFL? David Williams, one of the better defences in the league, but a bit the worst attack. What could Galamucci do to get us working in attack? Basically the same one that Morrison got firing at the end of last year. 
Uh, Krista Bluebird, if we do get relegated, do you think Tan would sell in a bid to recoup some money or do you think he would keep hold of City and become even more distant from the club? I think the latter. Eric Wynne Roberts, furious with the owner and board. The poor transfer window was down to their incompetence over Salah and the 30-day notice issue. Also, the delay on the manager's appointment meant he came in with no time to prepare for two difficult away games and got off to the worst possible start. Um, Chris Boudini, confident shot and Borough game now even more important. Will booing the first misplaced pass help? Dim uh, Golf Dweeb says it's not fair blaming a player for missing a penalty yesterday, but Robertson's penalty yesterday was disgraceful. Second time this season. And the last question goes to my brother, Adam James. What's the best Easter egg? For me, the best Easter egg will be a Galaxy Easter egg because Galaxy chocolate is the best chocolate. Ryan? I can't really look past the cream egg. Um, Tumble? Staple of any Easter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I do like a kin, kinder egg, but the big, you don't, you can't get a big Easter egg size kinder egg, which is a shame. You used to be able to. Otherwise, that would, yeah, Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, best Easter egg for you? Uh, I like the really, really cheap ones. I think the cheaper the chocolate, the better on Easter eggs. I like the, the ones you get like massive buckets full of like tiny ones of them. Um, Made by like Kinnerton or something. It's not like a reputable yeah. name. Yeah, like it's like advent calendar chocolate. I like yeah. the cheap, nasty yeah. ones, and I like the same with my Easter eggs. Right. We're getting to the end of the podcast. I don't think we want to talk about depressing Cardiff City anymore, so I'll round off with a Wikipedia nugget before we look ahead to uh, Middlesbrough. Um, Ryan, I'm going to read an excerpt from someone's Wikipedia page. You need to tell me whose Wikipedia page it is from Cardiff City history. This is a good one, if I do say so myself. Under personal life, it reads... His dad, Graham, is also a musician and plays in a Glasgow pub band called Dr. Cook and the Boners. I think I know. I think you, you've both raised your hand immediately. Yeah. Um, as the guest, Ryan can go first. Tom, you chime in if you agree. Ryan, who do you think it is? I mean, I just want to say before we go on that I'm really excited to be here to do my second <laughs> Wikipedia nugget because I, I didn't get it right last time. And I want I've, since then, every week, I've been desperate to do it. Um, but I think the giveaways are also a musician, which means he is a musician. Mm-hmm. And Glasgow, I think, who is the Scottish man with the guitar? Is Steve Morrison? That's Steve. Steve Thompson. I'll, I'll let you. I'll let I you. I shit the I, bed. <laughs> moment. Wait, wait for this moment. You shit the bed. Um, Tom, was that the person you were saying it was as well? Yes. I did. I did think of removing the also from there because I think that was the giveaway. But you're right, it's Steve Thompson, and I would really like to go and see Dr. Cook and the Boners, if indeed they are still... Because, you know, who knows when this Wikipedia page is updated. Um, well, well maybe, done, Ryan. Maybe we can go... Maybe we can go to slip into, to uh, like, Glasgow when we go to, like, Hartlepool away in a couple of years. Yeah, not bad, actually. We can... Yeah. Double-header. Do a long weekend up there. Great. Well, you guys won this week's one. Um, I can't remember what the score is, but I think I'm still ahead just um, on this one, on this impressively put together game, which I scramble around with five minutes before the podcast. Um, thanks for all your Twitter questions. If you want to get involved, twitter.com forward slash VFT. Uh, oh, VFT Ninian. Almost read our Twitter name wrong. Twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Um, Tom, there's not much else to say. We've kind of covered all bases already, but Middlesbrough on Saturday, any hope of a result? There's always hope, but there's no expectation. Um, I I think we'll lose three now. Ryan, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for the tried and tested Cardiff nil, Middlesbrough one. <laughs> well, I'm going to go. We're going to lose two now, um, and it's going to be another depressing day supporting Cardiff City. 
Um, I've been looking at trains for Norwich uh, while we've been doing this. I didn't realise it was so far away from London. I thought it was like an hour. But it's actually two hours and 40 minutes. Um, and some it's of the far bus- away from everything. Yeah. My mate's just moved there, and I don't know why. Uh, he listens to the podcast as well. So if he's made it this far, um, Plymouth is shit. And I hope you're enjoying Norwich, Aaron. Um, right. That's it for another episode of View from the Ninian. Uh, if you like what we do, twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. You can get involved with our tweets there. Uh, if you like what you do and you want to give us some money towards it, because I think we all need therapy after this, kofi.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Uh, Ryan, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure having you on the podcast. Uh, what was your favorite moment of this week's pod? Um, just the look of despair in your eyes after every sort of thing me and Tom said, you would just, it would always be like a moment of silence where you just sort of take it in and look more and more depressed as the the thing went on. So that was nice. It's a shame that that the listener doesn't get to see that. So it's been nice. It's just been nice chatting with friends because at the end of the day, that's what football's all about. Friends. It's the friends we made along the way. So, uh, Tom, I'll come to you next, but uh, Waltham FC, their old badge when they were Waltham Forest, has friendship through football on the badge. And I think that's really nice. Um, Tom, favourite part of the pod? Uh, Easter egg talk, because I'm yeah. I'm, I'm going to buy a shitload of chocolate over the next few weeks to get through all this. Well, if you get diabetes by the end of the season, I'm sure you could build a club for the medical bills. Uh, they pushed you to it. So um, let's hope that doesn't happen, though. Um, thanks once again, everyone who's listened. We have picked up listeners in recent weeks. And in fact, the Hudson episode was our most listened to ever. So thank you, everyone who's listened. And thank you for continuing to listen and indulge our nonsense. And we'll be back after Millsborough on Saturday. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the Ninian With views from the Ninian Not shoes from the Ninian The view from the Ninian